Today I'm reading from Matthew 5. No, Matthew 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. Morning. Welcome to Refresh. Those who haven't been here before, very extra special welcome to you. Um, yeah, as Neil mentioned, over the last few weeks we've been doing the series called Noise. And it's all about distractions that distract us from a relationship with God. And last night we had Crave here. There was probably, I don't know, about 20 or 20 altogether, you reckon, ish? 20 ish people. And we just, had, we just chilled. We spent some time in silence just to be still. How, so often in our lives today, we have so many distractions. You've got emails going off in your pocket instead of just on a computer. You've got text messages going off, Facebook statuses, um, tweets, 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 something like that. And you've got all these distractions that are constantly getting in between you and a relationship with God. So over the last few weeks, Neil's been unleashing on us with um, noise, the Bible, distracting from the Bible, and then the week before that. And if you, as, as he's already mentioned today, if you'd like to go on and listen to the previous sermons, they're on YouTube, uh, not YouTube, what's the other one? iTunes, they're on iTunes, and um, they're also on SoundCloud. So if you go to soundcloud.com, do a search, Refresh Church, they'll come up. And all of our series are on there as well, mostly, when technology's working for us. Um, 2004, little pocket rocket of a guy, Anthony Kalia, was unleashed on Australia. He ended up becoming runner-up, so he's the first loser. No, he's a, he's a runner-up. And um, he's just got this amazing voice, amazing persona, that he, he's, he's about this big, but he can produce a sound that is phenomenal. And the song that he, that was actually the semi-final. And I get in a few nods, obviously a few fans up the back there. But um, that was the semi-final, and he just produced this song, The Prayer. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. And he got through the final, and then that's, as I explained earlier, is the first loser. But... The lyrics of that song are just beautiful. And then it bursts off into another language that I don't understand, but I can read it in the English part just before it, so I know what it's saying. But it's absolutely beautiful that the words are in that song. And then I put it into contrast. Picture yourselves at a summer camp in a room similar to this one, probably a similar sort of size, not as high roof. But you've got about 110-year-olds, 10 to 12-year-olds, sitting in there eating their lunch. And as a camp dad, you get up the front and you, you say, it's time for grace. What are we going to do? And so someone yells out, do the Superman prayer. And you're like, oh, here we go. Righto. And so the arms go up. The other arm goes in here because you're Superman, you're flying. And then all of a sudden, it begins. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. We thank you, Lord, for giving us food. Our daily bread, we must be fed. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. That's it. <laughs> consider, consider your meal blessed. And off they go, they're hoeing into it. Peas are flying across the room. And everyone has a good day. We have all these funny graces 
taking a moment to say a prayer just before you eat. And sometimes we put ourselves in a situation, I'm not going to name any brands, but you're sitting down to a Big Mac and, and you've got, you got a drink beside you, you've got chips that are barely potato, and then you, you say a little grace and you help God somewhere between my mouth and my stomach, make it nutritious. <laughs> make it nourish my body in some way. Can you do that? And off you go, you, you hoe into it. But we teach graces and we have these graces just before we eat. Uh, one of my favourites when I was growing up, um, my family's Scottish heritage. And um, my grandfather, uh, we used to call Dieter. Dieter would, as we were at a big family gathering with two, no, there's about 10 of us or something. And, and Dieter would unleash on us in Scottish, I don't know what you'd call it, it, it's English, but it's not. And, and it, it sort of goes, I hope I do it justice. It sort of goes like this. Some are eating, can are eat, some are not want it, but we have meat and we can eat, so that Lord be thank it. <laughs> Pretty much it says, we've got food, let us eat it, and let, may we do good with it. Something like that anyway, that's what he told me. I had no idea what he was saying. And we'd say these graces just before we ate, so that the Lord would do good with the food. And you can just imagine Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit up there with the angels, chilling, waiting, and it's about 12 o'clock in the world somewhere, and all these graces are going up, and you can just see Jesus and God standing there going, wait for it, everybody, let it nourish our bodies, and bless the hands of repentance coming up, wait for it, and then about 12.01, nourish our bodies, may it do good, may we do your work with the food you've produced. It would be constant, this prayer going up, because it's always 12 o'clock somewhere. Um, and then I thought, well, let's not touch on the graces. Let's talk about prayer. Let's get into the guts of it. And then I was watching, um, those of you that have listened to or seen my sermons before, I like to use movies quite a fair bit as a reference, just to, just to create a picture in your mind of what I think, well, what's going on in my mind, which is a dangerous thing. But... There was a movie that I was watching in particular and a father and a mother were teaching their daughter how to pray before she goes to sleep. And this is the prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake, I pray to God my soul to take. And if I should live... Is someone saying it down here? <laughs> there we go. And if I should live for other days, pray the Lord will guide my ways. We, we give an interesting, interesting look at prayer to our young. Like when you, when you really think about it and when you change it up a bit, you, you, it's quite a scary prayer. You've got this little kid. <laughs> There's something under the bed. Now I, lay my, now I lay down to sleep. I praise to the Lord my soul to keep. And then all of a sudden, if I die, should I, before I wake, I pray to the Lord my soul to take. You know, it's quite a scary prayer. When you think about it, when you think about it. And then I was walking home, not walking home, I was just walking somewhere, I can't remember where, and I had a brainwave of another prayer in a movie. So have a look at this. Maybe not. Um, there it is. Okay, God, you want me to talk to you? Talk back. Tell me what's going on. What should I do? Give me a signal. 
Slurp, please send me a sign. Oh, what's this Joker doing now? Okay. All right. I'll try it your way. All right. Lord, I need a miracle. I'm desperate. I need your help, Lord. Please reach into my life. Uh, what the? Are you? I got you. <laughs> All right. We'll just pause it there. Um, here we have a guy, Bruce. His name is. And he's having this struggle in his life and he needs this connection and he's just said a prayer to God and he's, he's not happy with God and God's given him these humorous signs along the way before he runs into the lamppost. But what happens next is God comes down, meets with Bruce and gives him his powers. All right, let's play the next clip and then I'll give you a bit more background. Really something, isn't it? Is this heaven? Oh, this is Mount Everest. You should flip on the Discovery Channel from time to time. But I guess you can't now, being dead and all. I'm dead? Nah, I'm just messing with you. That's not funny, man. <laughs> that is not funny. <laughs> and what about the voices in my head? Is that part of the hilarity? No, those are prayers. And you keep ignoring them. They're going to build up on you like that. But it's just noise. I can't understand them. You're not listening, son. Let's see. You've had my pals for a little over a week now. How many people have you helped? You know, I, I took care of a few things. I righted a few wrongs in my own life first, okay? I was gonna help the others. I think I could help the world. The world? Mm-hmm. That wasn't the world. That was just Buffalo, between 57th Street and Commonwealth. Oh. I didn't want to start you off with more than you can handle. Well, you took the job, Bruce, so I suggest you get to it. Seeing him smile would make me so happy. Prayers, prayers, okay, prayers. Uh, this creepy whisper thing has to end. <clears throat> Organization and management. That's what I need. I need a system, something concrete. Concentrate. Files. Let all prayers be organized into files. Well, that takes care of the voices. Not exactly a space saver, though. Grace might notice. I know. Prayer post-its! Struggling with the concept of no mess. all these prayers coming through. And he's, he's trying to work out what to do with them. And it's not even the whole world, as, as Morgan Freeman said. It's just a section of Buffalo, which is in the States. And um, Bruce is still struggling. 
and it goes throughout the, t- uh, the rest of the movie and he, he's struggling to make someone fall in love with him. How do you make someone love you without changing their free will? And Bruce finally works out that it's not about him, it's about others. And he, at the end of the movie, the producer's quite clever, at the end of the movie, Bruce delivers a prayer eventually that communicates with God. Let's go to the final clip of this one. Am I? You can't kneel down in the middle of a highway and live to talk about it, son. But why? Why now? Bruce, you have the divine spark. You have the gift for bringing joy and laughter to the world. I know, I created you. Quit bragging. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the spark. What do you want me to do? I want you to pray, son. Go ahead. Use them. Um, Lord, feed the hungry and bring peace to all of mankind. How's that? Great. If you want to be Miss America. <laughs> now, come on. What do you really care about? Grace. Grace. You want it back? No. I want her to be happy. No matter what that means. deserved from me. I want her to meet someone. We'll see her always. As I do now. Through your eyes. Now that's a prayer. Yeah. I'm gonna get right on it. The interesting line in that prayer is I want some I want her to meet someone that'll see her as I do now. And there's a pause for effect through your eyes. In Luke 11, verse 1, I don't have it on the screen for you, but the disciples are very concerned because they've just witnessed Jesus praying and they want to know how. And so they literally go up to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Luke goes into his account 
of the Lord's Prayer. We're going to flick over to Matthew. Can I get the next one up, please? And this is what it says. I should have brought my glasses. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the, in the street corners or at the street corners that they may be seen by others. And when you pray, Jesus is saying, when you pray, like it's meant to be done. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And then in that day, there was a custom that the, the people that worked at the synagogue, you got the priests and the Pharisees, Sadducees, all of the seas, Pacific Sea, whatever, Atlantic, whatever. You have all the seas in the synagogue doing their thing and they're showy about their prayers. They're extremely showy because the way you prayed showed people how spiritual you were. The way you communicated with God showed people how spiritual you were. And then, truly I say to you, they receive their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now when, when we read this text in the Bible, we get carried away with the word reward. All of a sudden we're like, beauty, God's going to answer our prayers. And aren't you glad that he doesn't? God's going to answer our prayers any way that we want him to. And then Jesus gives us the little, the little snippet of, go into a room by yourself. Go into your room by yourself and speak to a God who is also by himself. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. Let's go to the next one, please. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Another culture of the time, and I don't think this is the case in our culture today, but it, it could be. In, in that culture at the time, you'd have the Gentiles, or the others than the Jews, the others would pray, and they would continually, continually say the same phrase over and over and over and over again, just like they are trying to sway God their way. If I say it enough, he's going to listen, and I'm going to get what I want. They're trying to sway God. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't really want a God that I can convince what I need. And this was the culture of the day. You did loud prayers, you did showy prayers, you repeated what you said in order to sway God in your way. Let's go to the next one. Don't try and sway him. Four, emphasis on four, your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Now the classic question that comes from that statement right there is, well, why do I have to ask him? It's just like, it's a presumed thing. But it's not. All these pieces together, the solitude, spending time, for your father knows what you do when you ask him. He just wants to have quality time with you. He just wants to stop, take a chill pill, spend time with you by yourself. By yourself. Let's go to the next one. Pray then like this. So the, the disciples have asked Jesus, how do we pray like you? Which is an odd question 
to start with because these guys were Jews. These guys grew up in the synagogue. They had seen people pray throughout their whole life. They would have been part of, of rabbi school, but they didn't make the grade, so they went off and worked for their families, fishermen by the Sea of Galilee. They would have been through it all. They would have seen everything. They would have seen every single prayer in, this, in the synagogue from when they were zero up to they were 12 years old. It's a strange request for someone that has grown up to walk up to Jesus and go, teach us how to pray. They noticed a difference because Jesus would separate himself from everything that he was doing, put himself in solitude and have a conversation with God. And then he said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, if you, if you go back to the original Greek in the Bible, and I'm not a huge fan of the whole Google the Greek, but this is one word that I do know from my time at college, Father. And it's the same Father, or the same um, pretense, past tense, something like that. I don't know the technical term, I'm a teacher. But the Father, the Father used here is the same as in Galatians. I'm pretty sure it's the next slide. Yeah. To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. It's a similar sort of context here, that we might receive adoption as sons. Just go back one, please, Larissa. Our Father is what a son would call his adopted father. Our Father in heaven. Uh, hallowed be your name. And I, I, was, I was listening to some podcasts on prayer and there's a couple of guys that pronounce it hallowed. Oh, that's pretty cool. Hallowed be your name. But hallowed be your name. This is saying, God, you're awesome. You are the one true God. You created everything. You created me. You created them. You created the seat that I'm sitting on. You created the carpet. You are awesome. Hallowed be your name. Let's flick to the next one. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is the one, this is the one that I personally struggle with. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Father, you are ultimate. You are supreme. But I want control. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So hard. So hard. Your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. We'll pause here for a second. In the Old Testament, you've got the bunch of Hebrews in the desert. And, and they're having issues. They're having a grumble that they haven't had fresh food for a while, blah, blah, blah. And as they always were, they were grumbling to Moses about it. And Moses took it to God. And God decided to fulfill their request. And so he provided what's called manna to them. And every morning when they woke up, there was fresh manna from heaven on the ground. And they'd collect what they needed for the day, and then that was it for the day. And then they'd eat what they had and destroy the rest that they had left over and then collect a new bunch, so on and so forth, the rest of the week until Friday. Now, Friday, they gathered a double bunch for Saturday, preparation for Sabbath. And so this continued on. And this is where Jesus was heading with give us this day our daily bread. Provide us the needs that you already do, but we're just acknowledging that you're doing it. Let's go to the next one. As we forgive our debts 
as we also forgive our debtors. This one, I, pulled, I was reading a lot on this one. And, and the best analogy that I came up with is like a bucket. We've got a sin bucket. And as we're walking around, we're filling up the sin bucket day by day. And, and we go and we pray this, empty the bucket, and then it's empty and we're good to go again. Nah. Nah. We take our buckets to the Lord, yeah, it gets empty. But this, this is almost a promise. Promise to God that you're going to try and do better. A promise to God that you're going to try your hardest not to sin again. You want to change your life. Let's go again. And lead us not into temptation because we do a pretty good job at it ourselves. There's a few people going, what? Does the Bible actually say that? No, I just threw that in for good times. Let's go to the next one. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So we're asking for protection. And I'm sorry that I'm skipping over it, but we're, we're running short of time. So let's go to the next one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Sound familiar? You know, that's not actually in the Bible. Everyone's going, really? You're having us on? Fair dinkum. It's not in my Matthew version. It's not in Luke. I haven't looked at the other ones. This has been tacked on the end, believe it or not. And I always laugh that um, our little fellas, year two, in prep to two, I think, have chapel, and this is their prayer song. And, and this part of the song, I always, always get a little chuckle because they're sitting there singing, For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And then it's a real staggered, Amen, sort of thing at the finish. And, and it humours me. But I think this is an appropriate ending to the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's pretty cool. When you think about it, it's exact opposite of what we've just prayed. We've gone, for yours is the kingdom, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to get to the bit that I hope helps, well, it has helped me this week in studying it. Let's click to the next slide. The Lord's Prayer can be broken up this way. And, and I'm not a huge fan of the title, the Lord's Prayer. I like to think of it as the, the Disciples' Prayer because God or Jesus was talking to them about how to pray. And so the Lord's Prayer says, well, the Disciples' Prayer says this, declare the Lord is great, that God is great, surrender your will to His will, and then acknowledge your dependence on Him. Provision, give us this day our daily bread. Pardon, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who... And then protection, protect us from the evil one. The more, and the more that I read this, it was more apparent to me that the more you spend on the D and the S, the less time you spend on the A. Too often we start our prayers with, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for making me, whatever, thank you for blessing us this day. And then bam, straight into what I need. Lord, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. I need this and this and this and this. And too, too many times we get distracted by what our needs actually are. Now, there's a great theologian. Many of you may know him. I know Neil knows him. Um, Garth Brooks. What? He's a theologian. He wrote the song, 
some, uh, I think it's called unanswered prayers, but the tagline is that sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Now, he may not have been 100% correct in the fact that you get unanswered prayers because God does answer your prayers. It's either a yes or a no or I know what's coming up. Do you know what's coming up? Unanswered prayers. And I was going to sing it for you this morning, but uh, I didn't bring my guitar. So, oh. No, it's, it's fine. It's good. We'll uh, keep we're running short of time. And unanswered prayers. It's not the fact that they're unanswered. They are. Let's go to the next one, please. There is another prayer model out there. It's called Acts. I kind of like it. It's kind of cool. You would have seen this one, Brad. So let's flick to the first one. You've got A, which is adoration. Praise be to God. And then it says, tell God how much you appreciate him. Sound familiar? Lord's Prayer, over again. Tell God how much you appreciate him. Express your love for him. Praise his, for his power and majesty. It's a great way to begin your prayer. Let's go to the next one. And the C, confession. It's slightly different to the way that the Lord's Prayer puts it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Tell him where we have fallen short. Thanksgiving. Always glorify him. Go one more. Thanks, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Thanks for the Holy Spirit. Thanks him, thank him for being the conscience and the counsellor using the still small voice. And finally, supplication. Make your requests known to God. I'm just going to flick back, and don't worry about doing it on the screen, I'm just going to flick back to, I already know, or God already knows what your requests are. Make your requests known to God. The way, the way he already knows, it's more of a, tell me about it. It's more of a, I know what you're going through. I know what's going on. Just tell me about it. I know what's happening. I know, I know about this person and I know about this person. Just tell me about it. It's not him up there with a list going, oh, yeah, who was that again? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, and how many? Oh, wow. It's not about that. He already knows. Just tell him about it. It's all about that, the little connection at the start, the solitude moment that you have with God. Um, the DSA. Andy Stanley says it like this. Don't start off asking. It's pretty cool. Don't start off asking. Start with God. In closing, I just want to challenge you with, with are you ready to, to acknowledge God's awesomeness, His awesome supremeness? Are you, are you ready to, to hand it over, to spend time with God in solitude? In, in whatever you do, whether, it, whether it's fixing a car, whether it's teaching in front of the classroom, whether it's looking after the grandkids, whether it's just on the phone to someone, in whatever you decide to accomplish, His will be done. And that's what He's asking. 
And that's what he's asking. Hand it to me. Spend time with me. I want a relationship with you. Anyone knows that when you're building a relationship, you have to spend time together with that person. It's the same with God. He just wants to know. He just wants you to spend time with him. Start off declaring who he is. Start off making sure that you know who he is. And finally, just let him know what's going on. Just let him know what's going on. For thine is the power, the kingdom, and the glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, prayer is a hard thing and we all struggle with it. And, and Lord, we just ask, and I know I said I didn't start asking, but Lord, I just ask that we, as we go throughout our lives, we realise what's going on and we realise that your ultimate supreme godliness shines on us. And Lord, that we recognise that and we bring it to you every morning. And Lord, help us to spend time finding out who you actually are and less time worrying about what's going on. Whatever we do, Lord, let us bring it to you in your name. Amen.